Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk with Tim Seymour, Mike Coe, Dan Nathan, and Guy Dami. On the show tonight, Beyond Meat down more than 50% in three months as it heads into its lockup expiration next week. We'll debate the alternative endings. Uh-huh. And sheetrock and roll, home builder stocks have struck a chord with investors. We'll riff on what's next for the sector. But first, the S&P 500 closes just shy of a record high. The index logging its third straight week of gains, its largest weekly gain in six weeks. Could next week, the biggest for earnings season, finally push us over the line? Guy Dominic, Well, it certainly said. appears that way, Melissa. You I think mean, so? Somebody here on the hook, that would be myself. I mean, clearly I've questioned this now for weeks incorrectly. And mm-hmm. today, all you need to know today is this. At one point, Amazon's down 3.5%, maybe 4%. NASDAQ was actually higher at the time. Amazon closes, you know, down a percent or so, something benign. NASDAQ continues to grind higher. I mean, it's, it's incredible to me that in the wake of what I think is some serious negative news all around the globe, the market continues to push higher. We'll know a lot more next week. I think for me, the most important day of the week is Wednesday when you hear from both Apple and Facebook. But even on bad earnings, stocks seem to want to go higher. That really tells you all you need to know. Caterpillar wasn't such a disaster when it comes to the stock Price per- reaction compared wise, to the uh, right earnings report, which remarkable is another because, example. quite frankly, earnings and guidance were not great. Right. And then we have the reignition today of the semi-trade with semi- Intel. Yeah, look, Intel, uh, the, what they told you about demand last night in terms of they're going to have to beef up supply, this is the, exactly the opposite of what they told you for at least maybe one, if not two quarters. So it, the, the bar going into this earnings season was extremely low. Also, just you know, underpinning a lot of this this week is you had a, a market uh, – Services manufacturing uh, flash update effectively slightly better than last month. You had an EFO in Germany, which is a measure of their economy, slightly better. You had PMIs in some other parts of the world slightly better. So uh, as we've digested some of the geopolitics, as we've gotten into an earnings season that was very much, uh, I think, a, a low bar, we have a dynamic here where companies are actually giving a better outlook. We didn't think they were going to give a rosy outlook. Yeah. That's the key. The headline EPS and revenue numbers are what they are, but the outlook has been better. You feel better about the markets today versus a week ago? Uh, yeah, I think Intel's numbers certainly were one of the reasons why you should. Whenever you hear somebody come out and say, we just got a really positive surprise, and by a fairly meaningful amount, $1.2 billion revenue beat, I think that's pretty meaningful. And they're telling you the story. You know, we, we were surprised by how good things were. Then we should also be surprised. I mean, we're getting our, you know, all of us are basically holding our feelers out the same way. So we're hearing this, getting guidance from basically corporate management, and if they're going to be positively surprised, and we are too. Guy was talking about how bad news doesn't seem to be depressing the market, and you're talking about these low hurdles. That's because a lot of this is baked into the prices, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing you know, fairly significant support in Amazon's response today after seeing it significant Fantastic. downdraft after the close was actually very, very yeah, strong. You know, it's funny. There's been a lot of attention placed on Intel. Intel's been massively underperforming its broader um, space in general. We know that the SMH is, what, up 40% year to date and coming into today intel was up five or six percent trading the mid 
point of its range. I think, you know, you got to go back and look at Texas Instruments, which has been a massive outperformer over the last year, year and a half or so, especially relative to Intel. And they just guided down by the amount that Intel off a much smaller base, actually revenue base. So I think for every one thing that you want to kind of say, well, that was a positive. There are some negatives. And I'll just make one point. I know I've made this point a couple times. And listen, this base in the broad market, in the NASDAQ, in the S&P, the longer it goes, what is uh, Louis? The longer the base, base, the higher the base, the higher higher in space. Okay, you know, the the, the longer we've been range bound, it looks it sets up better for a breakout. I'll just remind you in April, which was Q1 earnings period, July, which is Q2 per earnings period, we made new incremental all time highs and we did sell off afterwards. Okay, expectations in both those instances were pretty low, too. So I, I, I guess the point I'm making is I'm not so certain it's different than the last two earnings cycles. And it's easy to get all geeked up on a day today where you get some good news from Intel. You thought you had bad news at Amazon and it closes down 1%. Last time, last night at this time, Amazon was down 8%. Yeah. You know, it's an $850 billion market cap company down 8%. Is that, is that bad or good? No, that's good. I mean, it, right. well, that's what I'm good. But what I'm saying is it feels good right now. It could change very quickly. Both last two quarters, we had news change on the trade front. Don't think for a second that the trade stuff is out of the so way. So if we were to play a game of faded or traded on the broader market. Which I happen to love that game. Dan, you would say fade this. I would say that a new high is a foregone conclusion. I've been saying that for a week, two weeks, or whatever. That doesn't mean you have to buy that breakout because the last two instances we've had similar setups, it's not been a good time to buy the broad market. But, but when I look at semiconductors, which have been much maligned and appropriately, and it's been a volatile trade, but semis keep, they've been making successive highs since last June. And I, and I, you know, it, and I look at the breakout in the banks, and you know, so it's not just JP Morgan, it's, it's Citibank, and you look at Bank of America, these are actually all breaking into all-time highs. And so it's a place where we wanted to be for markets. And, and I think it's a place where you've managed expectations on the global economy. You've, you've priced in a Fed that may not be friend, but they are not foe. Uh, and I think that's very important. And then the rest of the world outperforming. Look, look at the, the, the trade markets of the world. Look at Germany. The DAX has outperformed the S&P by about 6% over the last month. That's an amazing wait, wait, amount. You don't it tells think you the, the Fed could better. become foe really quickly? I think, the Fed I think, at that meeting next week, if they say, hey, listen, we're done. You know what I mean? Then, then the Fed foe. is foe. Fed is foe based upon market expectations, but Fed is not foe in terms of policy. The Fed is not going to do anything aggressive here. They're not in a position. If anything, we're fighting a repo crisis that right now gives you stealth easing that I don't think they want to talk about. So, yes, I think positioning in the market can always be fearful around the Fed, but right now the Fed is not going to rock the boat. I'm so excited because, because of first of all, this is 75% of the OA team mm-hmm. is constitutes 60% of our show tonight. It's great math, like an SAT thing, which I know wow. you're very it's like fond a of. Puzzle. That's a, it's like a puzzle. But I just came up with a new game. Just li- Often I say I'm a participant, but often I might find myself to be a viewer. Well, in this case, I think friend or foe would be a great F-O-E a foe. long time not to come F- out with that. Not you should have just come out and said, all right, you know what? Okay, rock and roll, man. Friend or foe. Back or quickly, don't discount. Intel was great, yeah. without question. Don't discount, though, President Trump's Friday, seemingly every week, tweet that the Chinese are dying to make a deal. Don't think that didn't help today's market action as well. It seems like every Friday at around a certain time, we hear how eager the Chinese to make a deal. I thought we made a deal, by the way. I thought we already had phase one in place. So 
you know, I think that's helping the market. Can I say as something well. small on um, back to, to Danny Downer um, on this stuff? Because I would say that in the short run, with the VIX now with a 12 handle on it, look where we've been every time we've dipped below 13. It's been a time to be very cautious on the market. It doesn't have to be tomorrow, but it's hard to get to a more complacent stage for the market than we are in right now in terms of volatility. Well, I, save that for OA. I mean, we've got 60% oh, of the. 60%. 75% yeah. of the OA team, right. sorry, 60% right. of the yeah. Yeah. You made fun of me, you got it wrong. I, I fix, I mean, <laughs> anything. You, you, can, you can think about the VIX getting down to these levels, sub-13, or even if it got there, sub-12, as kind of a relative strength indicator of sorts. That's essentially what it is. When the market goes sharply higher, basically quite consistently, you're going to see that coming down. That's just a function of the way the volatility markets are priced. It isn't as if people are just going in and saying, okay, now I'm complacent because the market is higher. It's just a function of the market going higher. But I would say that, you know, with respect to earnings next week, we have a couple big heavyweights and they're going to carry the day as far as the market's concerned. But we don't see a lot of complacency in some of the individual issues. We've got a couple gaming stocks are going to be mm-hmm. announcing earnings. They're not, I mean, they're priced at valuations that are probably close to five or seven year lows, yeah, essentially. So, yeah, this is not a, a situation where people are overly bulled up on those stocks. We have a number of industrial names, smaller ones. They're not going to carry the market this way or that. But there's obviously a lot of skepticism. I'm talking about American Axel, Borg, Warner names like this. So it's not as if everybody is universally bullish on every single name that's going to be reporting next week. So I actually, that makes makes me feel pretty good. I just want to make one last point. Okay, the level of complacency is just as it was back in July 25th as it was in April 25th. All the things we're talking about. We're talking about stabilization on some of the data that we've been worried about. We're talking about a Fed that's not going to hurt us so much. We're talking about things that have eased on the trade front. And so, you know, I don't love that setup. I, you, you brought up the VIX at 13. That's my point. I'm looking at Apple at an all-time high today, up 56% on the year, trading at almost $1.1 trillion market cap. You could buy the at-the-money call that that's going to include their earnings next week for 2% of the stock price. 2% of the stock price. The stock's up 56%. Amazon was down 8% in the aftermarket last night when people thought it was bad. I'm just saying, there's a level of complacency that we've seen on two other occasions in 2019, and both instances resulted in a 6.5% peak-to-trough decline in the following month or two. Throwing a lot of OA risk. Don't worry about it. You get that when you have a desk that's actually 75% OA and 60% of the oh, overall man. desk. You get that blend, and it's actually very effective. It's like today. a Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nobody likes his own material more than Guy. Laugh track. There it is. Um, how, how does Apple set up? I mean, to Dan's point, going into earnings. It's had a monster run. You know, if you ask me, both Facebook and Apple set up such that you're going to see a big move to the upside in both. I think in terms of Facebook, it's going to push towards an all-time high. In terms of Apple, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Apple north of 250 and that being the high for the next couple uh, couple weeks or so. See, that's interesting to me because Apple was the name that no one thought was going to get back to those old highs. And so here we are going into this print. I think expectations are incredibly high. We've we've started to talk about their TV service as being a a game changer when when they announced it, we said not a game changer, but at least they're in the game. Yeah, and, I, and so I think we have to be very careful about this, even though as someone that's long Apple, I, an, an investor versus a trader, we have that conversation all the time, sure. too. You can be an investor in Apple based upon where I think this multiple is going. But if I had to play my RSI, if I had to play my positioning right now, if I had to play the options market, my guess is I'd be protecting myself. As a trader, what, what direction do you think Apple goes in? Uh, you know, I, I actually feel setup. like we're probably towards the upper end of the range. That's my own personal take. One of the reasons people are enthusiastic, you were just talking about TV, that doesn't move the needle for them no. right now. I mean, it's a de minimis thing. And, of course, 
earnings are the time that that becomes reality, right? You're actually going to be taking a look at the hard numbers, and that's what everyone's going to be thinking about, and we've had quite a run here. So to me, I'd probably you know, be looking to protect my position in Apple if I had one, and I don't. Okay, last October, before their earnings, what? Apple went. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Apple went from $233 to January 2nd, trading in the aftermarket at $132. Okay, I just, 45% peak to trough decline. And why did it happen? It happened because they missed their units massively in iPhones in China. And yeah. you tell me if China's so much better. I just don't know. Is it. 55% better than it was in January 2nd or whatever the number is, the upside. So to me, I think expectations have gotten wildly, wildly out of line for what Again, they're going to be able to said. do in one of their most important markets with one of the most iterative phones that they've had right before a 5G upgrade cycle next when year. When there are already 5G phones, phones on the market Correct. in China. Correct. But that, that's, that's the story of Apple. It's why it's the most important company in the world to some. It, it, the, the pendulum of emotion on this thing always screams too far in one way or the other. And, and I do think if you think about some of that drawdown, though, a lot of that was a market that was also itself drawdown. I mean, we had an extraordinary drawdown in the fourth quarter of, of 2018 that took all of these stocks to extreme levels. So if you were an overbought stock, you became that much oversold. Guy, the yes, most important... Melissa earnings report next week, aside from Facebook and Apple? Uh, we could throw up the calendar again. Can you maybe. throw the calendar up again for me? Because can, those are the two that Guy I said confused. are the most important. But I'm going to take a gander at it because off the top of my head, I don't know what they are. But looking at Finally. it now, oh, I'll tell you right now what Alphabet. the most important ones. Alphabet. Thank you. You're like inside my head. It's How does that feel? Thing. How does that feel? Not good, but I think Google on Monday is the most important one of the week. Yes. Yeah, Tim. I think MasterCard's interesting just because of what we've been seeing in payments, and and, and we had such good news out of Visa. Uh, I think some of the industrials next week are also kind of interesting. I know GM is not going to change the market sentiment, but we are trying to question where some of these value stocks that are industrial plays that are caught in the trade war that could be you know somewhere near the top of both peak labor and terms of peak autos. You know, GM's a stock that I like. I want to hear about real demand, and I want to hear how companies are operating in this environment. All right, coming up, the home construction ETF on a tear this year is this a foundation for a next leg higher or will investors hit their heads on the roof we'll hammer that out plus a big week coming for beyond meat earnings on deck but perhaps more importantly so is it stock lockup expiration we'll tell you what that could mean for the meat alternative we are live from times square in new york city much more fast money right after this what does it mean to be rich maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life at edward jones our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money Home Builders. Constructing quite the rally this year. Oh, this group nice. is up more than 50% with names like Lennar and Pulte hitting fresh 52-week highs as well as DR Horton, which hit an all-time high today. So are the gains in for the year? Are you putting a down payment in on the home builders? And we thought about the home builders because of this interesting note from Fundstrat's Tom Lee, mm. friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, and he wrote that from October 20th to around April 20th, it's the golden period of six months for the home builders. So that's when the home builders really perform. Uh, that's their seasonal period. And when interest rates rise, it's even better for this trade. Yeah, and then you see a company like Pulte Homes, their third quarter order rate, I think, up 13% year over year. It's the best rate they've had since 2000. And 
six or something. So, I mean, the numbers back it up. Valuations back it up. The one concern is a name like PHM from, I think, the middle of August to now. It's gone from 30 to 42. That's a pretty significant move. But to answer your original question, are the highs in? No, probably not. I think these things can absolutely overshoot to the upside. They can continue to go higher from here. I, just, I remember reading this note last year at this time. Tom put this out, mm-hmm. and, and it worked like a charm. I'm telling you. It was Nine from, out of the past ten years. I, I'm saying from October 20th to April 20th, and it, it was talking about the outperformance versus the S&P. The only thing is, I would say is like they've had a nice run, okay? Like the, right. you know, and interest mm-hmm. rates are going up a little bit off of really low levels, and that was obviously helping the housing. I would just worry about these home improvement names like Home Depot, which have had big runs. If you do see this outperformance in the XHB, maybe you see the Home Depot and the Lowe's come in a little bit. Well, I think you're going to get some read-through. If we've got Masco reporting, among other things, next week, obviously, that comes well in advance of names like Depot, which are going to be reporting in early November. But, uh, you know, I mean, as you point out, these things have had quite a run. But it's also fair to say that they're not overwhelmingly expensive. I mean, they should, and they legitimately do trade at a significant discount to the market. A lot of these things are trading low double digits, um, and they're better managed than they have been. This is something we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. And, you know, it's, it's often a difficult situation. You've got a stock that's up a lot, but if it is well managed and it is still a reasonable valuation and it is a seasonally strong period, I don't think that becomes a reason to sell it here. But you also have to bet on the consumer, right? I mean, this is inherently a, a bet on the consumer. It's a well. big bet on the consumer, but there are structural issues in the housing market that are kind of independent of the mm-hmm. consumer and also how these guys are running their businesses. So I think, you know, if you're seeing upgrades in Pulte, a lot of them are because the gross margins have never been this good. And I think these guys are taking advantage of some of the operational efficiencies that they finally have. But I, I you know, I hate to say this, I kind of agree with Dan <laughs> on the home improvement names um, because as much I love Home Depot and Lowe's, and I do think that we're still in an environment where uh, as long as the consumer is in in a job and in an environment where I think they actually have some disposable income, I think they will be, I would rather be in the renovation trade, but I, I get a little worried that we are somewhere near the peak labor point where I think some of these companies will, at least a Home Depot or a Lowe's are under more pressure. Well, Mohawk was interesting today because it had its best day since 2016. Carpets, all about flooring, flooring and carpets. Which is part of the renovation trade. So it's, so it's interesting. I understand what Tim's saying about Home Depot, Dan, as well. However, November 19th is when Home Depot reports, and there's a lot of runway from there from here till then. I think Home Depot can continue to levitate in those earnings numbers. I don't think at 21 and a half times next year's numbers is that expensive. I think you can continue to watch what I do here. Trade it, not fade HD into earnings. I played oh, the game. But nice. I, yeah, you I didn't did. impose your own I, I set of rules, set. pick no, your I poison, or love it or leave it, or shop it or drop it, or whatnot. Okay. Coming up, Beyond Me down 50% in the last three months, and it's facing a big week ahead. We'll tell you how to trade the stock. Much more Fast Money coming up next. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. 
Welcome back to Fast Money Beyond Meat, getting mauled by the bears ahead of its Monday earnings report. Shares falling a percent today, but that adds to a nearly 33% decline for the month of October. That stock now 55% off its July highs as investors prepare for its post-IPO lockup period to expire Tuesday, at which point about 80% of the fake meat makers float will become eligible to trade on the public market. So what can we expect, Tim? I think we can get more return to, to, to earth in terms of the expectations for what the growth of this company can be relative to the valuation. It's absurd. Okay, so it's nice to see that markets eventually are efficient and we're going to get back to this. Some of this was even uh, around capital markets dynamics of lockups and where there was actually a squeeze. There was a lot of people playing from the short side. There were a lot of people getting pushed out of positions. But fundamentally, to say that any food company who worth their salt, who understands where trends are going on wellness and health, or at least in terms of consumer preferences, knows they need to be in this space and they will be in this space mm-hmm. and they will compete with these guys at a multiple that's more like 10, let alone 100. A multiple of 10 would mean a stock price of what? I, I'm just, I mean, that would still be a My point is, I'm going to look at Kraft, now. I'm going to look <laughs> at Tyson, I'm going to yeah. look at Nestle, and I'm going to say, where do these companies trade? They trade the, higher than that, but they don't trade a lot higher than that. Yeah. And that's the industry the doesn't trade at rich multiples, and you're right. I mean, we had a massive short interest in the stock, still do, and that has a lot to do, I think, with the price behavior. You are not going to want to own something into the lockup expiring in a name like this, especially given that, and look, their business promise could be enormous, and I'm sure that it is, but that doesn't justify the valuation. They will have competitors. They will be assigned a lower multiple once there's some maturity in this industry. And uh, it's a dangerous place to, uh, to be if you're going to be looking for stocks to buy here. Look, I never now, thought the product of... doesn't agree with you guys, just to be clear. Does it, nor does I mean, it with you. Or me, actually. Oh, yeah. Or you. Oh, okay. No, it's, it's, a, it's, it is, it does, it's a dangerous. It, it does. I shouldn't say it does because that implies I've done it more. It did a terrible thing that one to me. time, the one and only time. Right. Let's be a clear. terrible thing. <laughs> With that said, I never thought I was going to 200, but I know what we did say when they priced that secondary, whatever that thing was at 160. Yeah. We said, do not get back in this stock unless you get a close above. It's never seen that level since. So here we are at 100. I don't see any compelling reason to own it either. And at 10 times next year's earnings, it's probably a five dollar stock. I'm not suggesting that's where it's going, but I still think it's too rich here at 100 bucks. Yeah, you know, back to that secondary, really interesting. You know, for all the griping about, like, the one-day pop and, and giving the money away or whatever, it's interesting. They sold 11 million shares at 25 bucks, mm-hmm. and then uh, that was on the IPO. And then the secondary, three months later, they sold less than 4 million shares at 160 bucks, and they took in almost twice as much as they did on their IPO day. That goes on their balance sheet. That actually makes this company probably more survivable than any of us want to think, despite all the bear cases. I'm not making a bullish call for it, but very interesting that they had the opportunity to do that and put that cash on their balance sheet. I suspect it was corporate shares, that sort of thing. But to me, you know, listen, when you see something round trip like that, um, you have this uh, overhang coming, um, you know, it probably rallies out of it, to be frank. People have been trading in front of it for weeks. Yeah, I don't, one thing I want to make clear Last is that with the, with the amount of cash that they have on the balance sheet, it's not like this company is at risk. I yeah. mean, they've got, you know, negative cash flow of 20 some odd million a year, and they've got almost 300 million bucks in cash. So that's not really the issue. It's really all about valuation. All right, final trade times. Go around the horn. Tim. We talked about Google next week. It is important. It's probably the best member of FANG right now. I take Google into those numbers. Watch a break at 1300. That will be powerful for the stock. Mike I'm looking at Penn Gaming going into earnings next week and just trying to see if there's going to be some read throw into some of the other names that are going to be reporting a little bit later on, like Win. But uh, I think these valuations look a little depressed here right now. Yeah, so Apple, the run into this quarter next week, I think it's a little dangerous. I think when you consider the guidance that they should give, it should be cautious into a lot of unknowns into a quarter that they really messed up last year. So to me, I'm not a buyer into the print here. 
In almost 13 years, Pinot Noir, that's the first time. I you think that's still... the first time? No, no, no. We've had, we've mentioned Pinot Noir before. But it's yeah. not, you know, yeah, guys, it's not the first time. It's not the first time you've patted yourself on the back. For I know. You have a final tray. Facebook and earnings Wednesday. Don't go anywhere. Options Action's up next. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. 